Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my video about the Kotaku article about the Eververse. It's getting a little bit to a fever pitch on Reddit as well. People complaining about the Eververse, so it's time to talk about the Eververse again. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live on Twitch. If you just go to saynotorage.com, it'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. Saynotorage.com, or if you're on YouTube, hit like, subscribe, and the bell button helps me out. So there was a Kotaku article about the Eververse that ultimately said it's going too far. It's 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 too much. It's bad. It's there. It's ex- it's expanding to an area where they're saying like it's hurting the core game of Destiny. So I read through it, and I'm going to do my best to address what I feel like are a lot of bad assumptions sort of baked into their argumentation. Uh, I want to address some of that. We've had some pretty long discussions this morning, some spicy conversations on the stream this morning about the Eververse. Before I get into this, I want people to realize. If you're going to run to the comments and call me a bungee apologist, you need to consult, I don't know, the last 20 videos that I've made. Most of my videos and most of my content is critical to the extent of trying to help the game improve, but I also sometimes have to zoom out and show people like how much the game has improved and how much content we get for so little money. If you compare this to areas, you know, eras of Osiris or Warmind or Rise of Iron, we're actually getting quite a bit more content than we used to, and I think people need to be reminded of that. I also think people need to be reminded about how good the Eververse is, how far it's come, and you gotta compare it to other micro-spending stores that are out there. So, you can insult me all you want. I'm going to do my best to argue logically based off of assumptions and presumptions that people make about the Eververse as well as other things. And keep in mind, I have made some criticisms recently about the absence of things for Crucible and absence of updates for both Zavala and Shaxx and said the Eververse is kind of busting at the seams. A couple of items each season taken from the Eververse and put into Shaxx and Zavala as seasonal grind items would be good. So I'm not saying that the Eververse is perfect and I'm also not saying that some of the items couldn't be pulled out but I think people go way too far in what they say which is exactly what this article did so bad assumptions ultimately I think most of the big subreddit rants and the rage and the anger uh, and even this article I feel like a lot of those are based off of really really bad assumptions that ignore a lot of things or state things that are just completely inaccurate they said things like this used to be optional it's quite the contrary you got everything due to RNG it wasn't optional you just got the stuff from the Eververse so all the pretty things and dope ships and things of the past you actually just got those by playing So it was never actually quote unquote optional. Uh, It was RNG based. Also, if you did want to purchase anything, there was no direct line of purchase. Traditionally in the Eververse, it was RNG based. You would basically be buying what amounted to a loot box. So their representation of how it used to be optional and now it's like required, again, is a misrepresentation of the history of the Eververse. It's actually come a long way. It's no longer RNG based. It is now something that is direct line of purchase or direct earn rate to buy something if you want. So that's a misrepresentation of the history of the Eververse. Uh, saying that things have to be bought. Also, that just doesn't exist you know, elsewhere save a few places. There's only a handful of things that have to be bought. Most of the things can be earned. If you're doing your weeklies and your and your repeatables, you're getting bright dust. They are making it to where things can be earned. I will admit in Shadowkeep, there was a lot of silver-only items. Bungie heard our criticisms on that. Now there's only about 20% of the items are silver-only, and they're supposed to be telling us that, which they have. They're announcing ahead of time what's silver-only, which, again, I don't know that level of like conversation and back-and-forth you typically have. About a micro-spending store with a company, they seem to be having a pretty regular conversation with us about it. And again, this is another point of the article that I felt was misrepresentative of what's been going on. They said that the prices are out of whack with DLC costs. 
Here is where I get a little frustrated. This is a journalist. This is somebody who writes about video games making a horrendous argument and comparison. You cannot compare the cost of vanity items to the cost of DLC content because it's all subjective. A a season pass only costing $10 does not then mean every vanity item will always be, I guess then, cheaper than $10. Also, even if you were to argue that everything should be a dollar, okay, you couldn't then turn around and say that 10 vanity items are equal to an entire season pass worth of content because quantitatively you get way more in the season pass for the $10. It's actually kind of a bargain. The amount of loot and the activity and the campaigns and the exotic quests and everything that we get for the $10. So this type of comparison is intellectually bankrupt and the guy that wrote it knows that. You cannot compare DLC cost or season cost to the cost of vanity items. The minute you get into that comparison, it gets really, really muddy. The only thing you have to pay for in Fortnite is a $10 season pass, right? Then you can earn all those skins and then one skin by itself is like 20 It doesn't work. You Value transmission and value perception of vanity items is not determined by some abacus or calculator sitting somewhere. You can't do that. The, the, the value and the quality and the content contained in a $10 season is huge. There's weekly ritual, there's bounties, there's activities, there's loot to pursue, there's campaign missions for $10. You will never, ever be able to compare that to a vanity decorative item or a ghost projection or an ornament for an exotic. They're not equal. They're not the same. They can't have the same pricing structures especially once you get into digital entertainment I could go spend $20 on a movie at Target, that's double the cost of a season pass, and the movie's like what? 3 hours max of entertainment if I watch all the deleted scenes and watch all the content on the disc? $20, you see what I'm saying? You can't make those comparisons, it's an intellectually bankrupt thing to say Second, they took issue with the dawning, which is I have to remind you, a free event that costs nothing, everybody new light players, to players that own every piece of DLC, can play the dawning it's a free event and so the items in there being you know costly or a lot of bright dust or whatever it doesn't matter this is a free event it's something that they just do for everybody so obviously it's going to fund itself by having items in the micro store and they they kind of doubled down they said hey listen we're going to add these items for the dawning and we're going to have weeklies and we're going to have repeatables that are going to give you bright dust they increased your bright dust earn rate for the the event also double xp from her bounties has been pretty awesome and getting getting bright dust is is about as easy as pie. You literally are going to run strikes if you're doing the weeklies or the repeatables for Zavala. Running strikes gives you the essence. Essence allows you to bake cookies. You're getting bright dust for baking cookies. Like it's absurdly low hanging fruit bright dust earn rate. And you don't get to criticize bright dust expense if you're never willing to do any of the things they've given you to earn bright dust. Like I was at 6,000 a week and a half ago. I'm now back up to 8,600. I bought one or two items, and then I grinded my way back up. I was able to buy the items that I think are cool, like the polar bear. So you can't criticize free events. And only, only, in the dawning, only one item was silver only. One. It was a finisher move. Everything else could have been earned with bright dust. Now, obviously, you can't buy anything, which is another bad presumption and bad assumption about the Eververse. These items are created by a department to be sold. These items would not exist. If you deleted the Eververse, these items would not exist. They're literally created to be sold. 
So your presumption that you should be able to earn it all is illogical and out of step with the very existence of the items themselves. It's not even lined up with why they're created. So if you base your argumentation on, I should be able to earn everything, you're starting from a faulty premise and therefore your entire argument is void and and null. There's no reason to even make the argument at that point. You don't need to be able to earn everything. People say things like, there's a disproportionate amount of items added to the Eververse every season. These things should be added into the game. First of all, there's only one armor set every season. One. One armor set in the Eververse. You basically get two from the season pass. Two. The full armor set and then a full ornamental set. So there's only one armor set in here in the actual season pass. Most of what's in here are items that we never traditionally grinded for. Ghost projections. Transmat effects. Emotes finisher moves if you subtract all those things quantitatively they only really add an armor set and then they add some ornaments for the guns there were some pretty cool ornaments this season the one for the doom fang i really like and then some other things you have to keep in mind there was never ever in the history of destiny a grind for decorative elements and items like that there just wasn't you can point to the the ships from the factions in d1 and you can point to the ornaments from faction rally in d2 and that is laughable in comparison to items that change the entire look of an exotic like the really really cool tractor cannon one there was never a grind which means the game has never set your expectation that you should be able to earn items like this these items again were created to be sold other misrepresentations and things they said that were were hard not to chuckle at was this the fanciest rewards were typically earned in pvp or nightfall and then they don't give you any examples i don't know what rewards they're talking about there's plenty of nightfall specific rewards in destiny 2 it's just been a really really long time and they've never really been updated which needs to be talked about but for ten dollars i'd rather have bungie focus on the new content because if they focus on old content they would get told they're just reskinning and repurposing content to sell us for ten dollars so they sell us content for ten dollars sundial new loop pool saint 14 missions with him the obelisks the quest lines with him the exotic lines all those things are sold to us for ten dollars and if some of that was dialed back so they could like update nightfalls or strikes or things like that all we would hear from people is that you're charging us $10 and then you're just going back into old content. We don't want to pay for old content. So Bungie can't really win on that front. I would rather have them focus on the new content because that's what I'm spending my $10 on, not dressing up strikes or nightfalls or things like that because they've did that, but they've done that in the past and people complain when they reskin things. Another thing they said, they actually said this in the article, in the Kentucky article, the peak for Destiny 2 fashion was faction rallies. This is... This is comical. Okay, this is a comical thing to argue for. The peak of our fashion was during the faction rallies. Faction rally armor was all armor that already existed in the game and they applied a paint job to it. That was your faction rally ornament. The thing that you could grind for, the ornament you could earn was literally a glorified shader. It made the EDZ armor set for the Titan. It was the EDZ armor set at Dead Orbit and they just changed the paint job every faction rally. I can't fathom anybody who actually plays this game from D2 vanilla to now making an argument that the peak of our fashion was during faction rally now listen i love some of the shaders from faction rally i grinded for the armor and the ornaments but you cannot argue that that was this substantive ornamental grind because it was reskinned armor at the time that's all i heard from people faction rally sucks lono all the armor is just a reskin so 
that was like one of their crescendos of their argument was ending by like that was the peak of our fashion are you kidding me for ten dollars every season i can make my character look pretty dadgum awesome i got all kind of ornaments and different armor sets and things now that i never had before that i get from the season pass and it looks way cooler than the than the paint job faction rally armor we got in the past also exotics guns and new armor are all earned that's basically what we're grinding for at the end of the day, they're arguing that this is eating, this Eververse stuff is eating at the core experience in Destiny. The core experience in Destiny is healthy by all indications of the PvE player base. PvP is hurting. I've been taking up for you guys. I know PvP kind of sucks. A, a, a Shax update would be nice. I've conceded that. I've conceded that a couple of items should be pulled out of the Eververse every month. I'm sorry, every season and thrown into Shacks. So you have something to grind for every season along with weapon frames and like a seasonal leveling grind. But... The daily player base numbers are healthy and strong, stronger than they've ever been because there's plenty to do from the four obelisks to the season pass to the artifact to the sundial to the weapon grind to the god roll weapon grind to the quest with to the quest with uh, Saint 14. We haven't even gotten legend sundial. We haven't gotten some of the exotic quests. We haven't gotten Empyrean foundation by and large for $10. We have gotten a ton to do and people zero in on focus on things that get completely overstated and overblown by people that write articles like this because it's easy 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 clicks for for low-hanging bad fruit bad argumentation i just walked through so many assumptions and statements that aren't even backed or rooted in the actual game itself just somebody complaining about the eververse and making statements about the game and the history of the game up to this point that are wholly inaccurate so by and large by and large the eververse isn't going away it's been very very respectful they've made modifications to meet us halfway to make earn rates better to let you know what's silver only there's no rng there's no pay for power and they just continue they continue to try to make this a respectful micro store to fund their free entry point game as a as a self-publishing game ultimately i it's hard to find any any major faults with it other than people complaining that there's not enough loot in the game i believe those are different discussions entirely because the stuff that's added in here are not traditional loot grinds in destiny we need more guns and armor sure but those are different discussions for the npcs and the loot pools and the updates to the game that need to come in the future i don't think it has anything to do with the art department creating frilly decorative items for your guns or dance moves as always we're going to go to question and answer next if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that came after my talk about the Kotaku article about Eververse. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As with all of my content, if you're on YouTube, hit like, share, subscribe, and the bell button, or sharing the podcast with other people is a great way to help me out, and I appreciate those of you that do it. This will probably be a spicy Q&A. We've had a lot of debates back and forth about this. Going to jump right into the questions. Zareason says, Thoughts on negativity in gaming generating more clicks? It really feels like outrage and circle jerk has taken over instead of genuine criticisms. Well, here's the thing. We've talked about this a lot. There's like multiple reasons why negative videos and negative criticisms get more clicks. And there's a couple of reasons for this. I mean, even even um, SkillUp has talked about this. Like, his negative videos get way more engagement, get way more clicks. Um... Thank you, Victor Mayhem, for 10 months and well-fed goose for 30. Generally speaking, positive content or content that's going to praise, uh, you know, a video game is generally ignored because it's not helpful to you. If someone's like, yeah, the game is good, they're like, okay, 
I know the game is good. They've promoted it as good. There's been trailers and commercials, and they're trying to get me to pre-order with pre-order, you know, bonuses. In general, people are looking for, okay, what's the bad? How bad is the bad? So I think there's the, there's an already just basic instinct to say, I don't need to hear a video that says the game is great. The company's already told me the game is great. I want to know how bad is the bad. And so you look for those critical reviews. Also, criticism and negativity are generally, I think, just easier to, to, to like... To, to find an audience to listen to it because that's who's coming to the internet if you're enjoying a game or you love a game you're not going to YouTube Reddit or Twitter to look for content about it you're not when I was unhappy with Destiny 1 I went looking for reviews and I found Angry Joe's review of Destiny 1 and it was therapeutic and cathartic to hear somebody verbalize my frustrations So there's a handful of things going into it. It's like, number one, most people aren't going and looking for a video to tell them the game's good. Why? Because they're either already enjoying it or they're trying to make up their mind and that's not helpful. So there's a whole swath of people that buy a video game and like it and play it and they don't give two rips what other people think or say. They're not going to YouTube, Twitter, Reddit, anywhere. The people that are going to those places are largely looking for either information that's helpful or they're looking for something to kind of be like they want to be preached to. They want the choir preaching to the choir thing they want to they want to have confirmation of what they think that's why people come in here and they're like game's dead game sucks and it doesn't matter how many years we get away from the launch of destiny one you know five years into the franchise you can point to a million players a day people come up with every kind of backflip logical inconsistent argument they can for like why the game still has people playing it they're just mad that they don't like it anymore so they're looking for validation and affirmation of their negative viewpoint this is one of the things where you don't generally do that now somebody's saying in chat when you love a game you don't go online for deeper content guides and montages I would say you're in the minority Puffa I would say most people don't do that no now fandom yes fandom goes and they look for art and they look for backstory and they look for secrets and hidden gems but a lot of people literally buy a video game like this game's dope and they keep playing it you know how many people out of the millions who play every week in destiny have never set foot on twitch youtube twitter or a subreddit they just like the game they think it's fun and so negativity in in gaming and in youtube generating more clicks there is sort of a there's a demographic trend there that's going to lend itself to more negativity. Also, you have to consider something. Right now, there's a trend in YouTube videos about Destiny and these articles that are they're generally negative right now and we have been here before. Anytime there's a lull and there's not something new, if you're going to write a new article about, oh, Legend Sundial, ooh, the new quest, do you know why those people write those articles? They're going to get tons of clicks. People are looking for the quest steps for the new exotic. People are looking to see what's Legend Sundial entail, what's the new challenge, what's the new boss, what's the new this. When you run out of things to make videos and articles about that are like low-hanging fruit, like guides and tutorials, a lot of these YouTubers, a lot of these people that write articles, they have to turn to the easy-click negativity stuff, which is exactly why all of a sudden, all the videos, all the subreddit threads, and all the articles coming out are generally negative. We're in that low, we're in that lull, we're in that drought where they can't make any of the low-hanging fruit content where they give you quest steps. 
they paired information and they get tons of clicks and look good for them they built a platform they built a channel they built a you know a funnel of information where people come to them for that information and good for them but when they run out of that they tend to turn to the negative and the critical because it's generally going to get a lot of people agreeing with it that eververse article from kotaku it's going to get thrown in so many people's faces oh yeah i mean look at bungie look at this article and people don't even read it. They just see the title and it, it agrees with their sentimentality, so they share it. They don't read it and see the inconsistencies. They don't see absurd things stated like Destiny's fashion, you know, game was at its best during Faction Rally. Like, they don't read that. And if they do read it, they gloss over it and they're like, oh yeah, but, you know, and they ignore the fact that, like, that was one of the more commonly criticized things, you know? That was one of the more commonly criticized things. How much does Bungie pay you for damage control? How much does the internet hate trolls pay you to be an idiot, small-minded douchebag? Like, how much money are you making? I don't get, I don't get any, any love from Bungie. Go check my Twitter feed. When's, I've never been invited to a summit. I've never even been invited to Bungie. Like, it must be so hard to be so dumb. Like, it must be really hard to go through life being that stupid. Next win. It seems that there are groups of the community that are burnt out on grinding and want three months of dynamic non-grindy gameplay that they can binge for $10. There seems to also be another camp that plays for collections and believes that everything should be attainable for that $10 if you grind enough. If there's a happy medium for these two groups, oh, is there a happy medium? Well, I mean, for starters, I think the first half of what you said is exactly right. We were having a debate with people this morning that were like, oh, I'm sick of running bounties. And I'm like, well, just play what you want then. What do you want to do? Well, I want to run the new content. Okay, go run Sundial and just grab bounties before you go in and try and get some of them done. Now, I'll admit, I made a video. Activity XP payout's a little too low. They could definitely balance some of that out. But generally speaking, if you compare leveling during Forsaken and Black Armory and Drifter and Opulence, leveling then and leveling now, you don't have to do anything you don't want to. You can run the content you want to run and just grab some bounties. Oh, but I have to grab the bounties. Who cares? What? Yes, that's kind of part of the game. That's a complementary source of... of uh, XP and gains in the game if you do them and you don't have to you could run Sundial, you could run Stikes you could run Crucible, nobody's forcing you into any pieces of the game if you don't want to run them, just grab some bounties grab your Gunsmith, grab your grab your Ava Levante Dawning bounties, grab your Dailies from Saint 14 and just you know pay kind of attention to them nobody's telling you to grab 12 bounties 15, 20 bounties and go into a lost sector or go do what Lono does with the Vex on the moon or whatever, like nobody's making you do that, I think people are getting too caught up in well this is the most efficient so therefore i have to do it no you don't you could run sundial or strikes or crucible whatever it is you're wanting to run we have more freedom of leveling in this game than we've ever had now it's a little imbalanced it is a little bit too dependent on bounties they could use some tweaks there and some you know hey you know you get some xp if you're just running strikes or you're just running crucible or you're just running sundial it'd be nice to get some decent xp payout there but by and large having us do obelisks and stuff in the public event space you know uh, resources and, and, and adventures and lost sectors and public events and all that. Having us do that to level up the obelisks and kind of segmenting the grind is probably a really good idea. If you just ran Sundial from the day of the season starting to now, you'd be freaking burned out. They're trying to segment and trying to give you a lot of different things to do. Again, this is what what always drives me crazy is the is the community. If you give the community a voice, it's very schizophrenic. 
you have people being like I don't want to do any of the old content I only want to do the new content and then they start to run that new content and they get burned out and they're like well I'm sick of running this I wish there was a reason to run the old content and it's like wait a minute you just said you don't want to run the old content you only want to run the new content which is it you can grind bounties in the old content and get an XP earn rate grinding the old content going to the old planets levels up the obelisks it's just like which is it which do you want I think Bungie gambled on the right choice. Focus on the core audience and give us more new stuff for the $10. Don't focus on the old content. Don't focus on the old on the old you know NPCs and the old loot pools. Focus mainly on the new. And then they segmented the grind by having you go and do other things like public event grind and things like that to level up the obelisks. But you don't have to do those things. Those are optional. And that's why whenever you come to the game, I think by and large, they're trying to cast a wide net. Because as it's being said in chat, the community is not an entity, it's different people with different desires. So whenever you come in and say, I'm sick of running the old content, I only want to run the new content, there's somebody else that's saying, why aren't they repurposing the old content? Why aren't they doing something with the old NPCs in the strike playlist? Why aren't they doing that? There's always going to be two sides to this discussion where they use too much of the old content. They shouldn't use the old content enough. They really need to spruce up the old content. It's like, it's back and forth. It starts to sound pretty schizophrenic. And that's why I think people need to remember, it's $10 seasonal content if you add up all the items in the season pass the new activity the quest lines the exotic quest and the weapons the loot pool in sundial the ten dollars is a gamble like what we get is just unbelievable uh it's a bargain i mean it's just an absolute bargain five thousand bits from normie peasant very generous thank you i'm beyond impressed with your patience you're the sisyphus of destiny dialogue keep doing your thing thank you Nor- normie So there's always going to be that spectrum of player. And that's why I think you just need to do what you want. And that's why I've always said back during Shadowkeep, I'm sorry, back during Forsaken and that annual pass with Black Armory and Drifter and Opulence, I always said they need to free us up to do what we want to do, right? And they do it. They do it right now. They, they, They basically have set it up to where you can run any facet of the game and level up to greater or lesser degrees. Grab your bounties and just run strikes all day if that's your thing. Crucible, same deal. Now, Crucible needs a weekly a weekly daily ritual grind. There's not much there. Crucible doesn't get much love because you can only add so many maps and game modes. Like, there's only so much they can do with Crucible. PvE gets a little bit more love. So, we can run Sundial, we can run Obelisks, we can run Strikes, we can bake cookies, we can do Lost Sectors. We can do a, a variety of things to, like, level up efficiently. And there's more spectrum there. And, you know, if, if you're if you're getting burned out, then, you know, take a break. They have something for you to do every couple of weeks. That You know, there's a new version of Sundial coming. There's Exotic Quest coming. There's the Empyrean Foundation coming. There's things on the roadmap to kind of keep you logging in each week, you know, week to week. Something to try out, something to do. And it's okay to take those breaks. As I said, this first month, let's just take this first month. We're a month into the season. I have all of my obelisks macked out. I wanted to get level 92 on the season pass for the extra perk option from the sundial. So my obelisks are all four maxed. I've got a ton of fractal lines saved. My season pass is level 117 or something like that. I got a nice boost from my artifact. And now I'm ready for the legend sundial. That's one month in. You gotta understand something. What took me a month is gonna take a ton of the community 
a month and a half to two months. So a month and a half to two months, that's a, a huge chunk of the season that it takes for them to get where I am, which means then they're ready to go run Sundial a bunch. Then they're ready for the Empyrean Foundation. Then they're ready for Exotic Quest. Like, you got to consider the lion's share of the community is going to take a month and a half to two months to do what a lot of us do here, which means that's pretty good pacing. You know, what's masks on an obelisk? 11. I've got all four obelisks ranked to, to 11. That's not something that most people are going to do in short order. So you have to space that out and see that they've really, they've really, they've really built this and spaced it out really well for a hobbyist players. Um, so, Poobsie. Back to XP, along with the shift of focus from bounties to activities. What if they added activity challenges on the battle pass page for huge bumps or make milestones a huge bump? Wasn't that, that was a thing. Wasn't there daily, do you guys remember that? You would go into an activity and pull out your ghost and there was like a daily challenge. Kill so many Vex or something. Like it was in strikes and it, I think those were daily. Um, they could definitely do something like that. They could bring that back since that was already in the game. You would like run strikes and there was like a daily challenge, like three daily challenge. And then, yeah, the planets had it as well. Yeah, that was before bounties. Maybe that could be their quality of life update to bring back some of the, you know, rebalance some of the XP gain. So you could get decent XP gain from strikes or from just running planetary, you know, pub event patrol grind. As long as you're doing the challenges, you get a little bump in your XP. That'd be pretty good. That'd be better than bounties. Don't you see? We People don't like that. People wanted bounties. So to go back and to not have bounties and to go back to that would be a mistake. It's it's not, it's not, you don't want the pendulum to swing. If you don't like bounties, there should be some, some alternative to grinding activities to gain XP. But always remember, while you're asking for no bounties or less bounties and you just want to grind activities for XP, there's other people saying, I'm sick of running strikes. For, I don't want to run strikes for XP. Bounties are better. I can piecemeal them. I can take them with me anywhere. If I want to grind, you know, um the altar of sorrows for a gun or if i want to go into nightmare hunts or if i want to go into the dungeon or if i want to go into the new activity the sundial activity i can just take bounties with me and work on them while i'm there bxr legend i'm a person that could care less about cosmetics costing cash in video games what percentage of the player base do you feel cosmetics costing money and then what percentage of those stop playing in the game because of it is this really an issue for bungie no, and I think that they're doing a good job of actually meeting people in the middle. People didn't like the fact that we had no idea what was silver only last season, and I was like, they're kind of in their right to keep that a secret. That's a sense of urgency and a sense of purchase. Well, Bungie didn't agree with me. I apparently was wrong. They're like, no, we'll tell you. We'll tell you what's silver only. We'll tell you on Twitter. That way you know what you know what can't be earned with bright dust. So when it's available for silver, if you really want it, you're going to know, I got I to gotta buy it. Uh, they got rid of RNG. They got rid of loot boxes. They brought directional purchase. They decided that when the dawning landed, they were going to give us more earn rate of bright dust, so we would have a better a better chance of stacking up some bright dust to buy the items that we wanted. They've they've certainly done a lot, I think, to meet us in the middle on these items and on these things, and they don't have to. They can be like, "Man, screw you. We got enough whales buying stuff. We don't need to do anything, quality of life wise, for the for the for the micro store." Plenty of games do that, by the way. They just drop the micro store in the game and they don't listen to anybody. Like, nah, it's just there. You want those you want those shaders and things for your gun or you want that different blah, blah, blah? Yeah, it's just there and it costs money. There is no earn rate. There's no adjustment of earn rate. There's no adjustment of what's purchasable and what's not, what's earnable and what's not. A lot of the, a lot of the micro stores, they don't do any of that stuff. 
they're actually continuing, I think, to try to meet you in the middle. So every season, if there's some really, really pretty items or really dope items that you want to buy, you can. Next, Harris. I feel like the main reason why people are complaining about the Eververse is that you can't get new items without paying silver or dust, and we earn less dust compared to the past. The price of Forsaken plus year two season pass and Shadowkeep year three season pass are so close, 70 and 60, uh, so I do believe it's a fair argument. <clears throat> I don't understand why you're comparing Forsaken and Shadowkeep. Um, we, we didn't get more... We didn't get more items. We got guns and activities to grind back then and a couple of armor sets a season. It's very, very similar now. Like Black Armory, there was an armor set in the raid and then there was an armor set from the forges, like from What's-Her-Face. And then if you want to go back and actually look at the at like the armor for like Vanguard and stuff, I don't even remember what they did season to season. I don't think that they update the Vanguard armor season to season like going from Black Armory to Drifter? Did they even do that? I don't remember if they even did that. A lot of that stuff I thought stayed static, or maybe they did ornaments, and the ornaments on a lot of the armor was literally just like a paint job. It was a paint job. Because if you go to, like, the Vanguard Collections page, you go to Armor, and you gotta go to, um... It would be a faction... I mean, there's these three sets up here. Shelter, Take Shelter, and Steadfast. It's all the exact same armor. They just kind of change it. And then Vigil of Heroes, that came from Forsaken. And then as far as I know, yeah, there was not another Vanguard set that year. There wasn't. Do you see what I'm saying? So, like, they didn't do anything in those annual pass deliveries to those guys. I know where people are like, oh, that's lame, that's lame. You have to understand something. There's... Arguably, they may they should have considered doing something for Shadowkeep. They likely didn't do it because of limited bandwidth. So once you get beyond Shadowkeep, once you get beyond Forsaken, the pattern is holding. They don't generally want to spend a lot of time investing into old loot pools or old content or old NPCs because you're spending ten dollars and they want to give you as much new stuff as they can for the ten dollars. That's that's largely it seems like what they're focusing on. It's all about the sundial, that loot pool, Saint 14, the obelisks, the season pass where you get all the, you know, the stuff every time you level up. That seems to be where they're pouring their resources. It's not a DLC. It's not an ecosystem changing DLC where there's a new planet, there's a new thing, there's this other thing going on, and then all of the people's loot pools have to be updated. It's like, no, it's 10 bucks because you're, and, and this is what you're getting for the 10. I think they're trying to divorce as many resources as possible because if they reused... If they reused Zavala, Shax, Strikes, or any of those armor elements from previous seasons and stuff, people would be like, what am I paying for? This is all reskin. Bungie seems hesitant, it feels like at least to me. They seem hesitant to reuse or do anything with those guys because they don't want people to confuse it and be like, well, I'm paying $10, what am I paying for? Like... I'm paying $10. I want new content. I don't get like a lot of people would say that. They're like, I don't give a rip about Shaxx and Savala. I want new stuff. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't do quality of life passes on those guys. So while you're grinding Shaxx or Zavala's playlists, you could be getting weapon frames or armor pieces or leveling them up for seasonal benefits. Bungie's one of the biggest studios in the world. At what point does lack of bandwidth? I I, I can tell where you're going with this become unacceptable. Well, you're going to have to call Luke Smith a liar then. Ultimately, you're going to have to call Luke Smith a liar and you're going to base that accusation of lie on your statement that they're one of the biggest studios in the world because size of studio, I guess in your mind, automatically equals perfect bandwidth triaging. 
Like, Luke Smith says in their director's cut that the annual pass rhythm, Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence was really, really hard for them to stay in front of. Because of parallel development, multiple departments working on stuff, multiple departments developing things that aren't even ready to ship yet. So, you can't really say, like, well, Bungie's bandwidth, they're so big, they should be able to crank out content as much as possible. Probably not. How many departments are working on something that's not going to ship until the summer of next year, or even the su- like the September of next year? So, how much of their bandwidth can't even be allocated to the here and now, because it's allocated to something that's a year or six months down the road? Again, we don't know. Them being large in size doesn't automatically mean that you can just crank out tons of content, and if Luke Smith is telling the truth, which I think he is, it's really hard for them just to crank out substantive content delivery every three months even every year it's hard for them to do king's fall and then rise of iron and then d2 vanilla and then forsaken and then shadow keep all of those were varying degrees of 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 delivery but still it it seems like it took almost all hands on deck to the point that think about it like this think about like this they were giving us really good content delivery in the old annual pass structures the old dlc structures and they were using High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions to sh- shoulder some of that burden. So if anything, your argument actually is just ignoring, like, I don't know, like, basic facts. They lost developmental bandwidth. They lost High Moon Studios and VV. Like, High Moon Studios, if it's to be believed, they built the Tangled Shore and the Baron fights. That's a huge piece of Forsaken that would not be there if not for High Moon Studios. Vicarious Visions build Spire of Stars, Crown of Sorrow, and all of Opulence. Season of Opulence is like Vicarious Visions' swan song. I, they lost all of that. So if anything, like, they lost bandwidth? <laughs> so shouldn't we expect maybe a little bit less coming out because, because of that? You know? Troy... Do you think we earn enough Bright Dust? What changes would you make? I think the Bright Dust earn rate's fine. I don't think a micro-spending store is supposed to let you earn everything. It's not built for that. It's built to make money. It's not built to be a grind. It's built to be a moneymaker. You want grind? Then go grind Sundial, you know? Go grind Sundial for God Rolls. Now, we need an Armor Pursuit grind. There's not really a good Armor Pursuit grind. I said that in one of my videos. But, by and large... We don't, you don't need, you don't need to be able to earn every cosmetic, you know, decorative element in the game. You just don't. Uh, Shad Berserker. If I did my math right, it's about $15 for a set of Eververse armor set. That's $45 for three characters. Granted, you can use Bright Dust for those, uh, who don't have the extra Bright Dust. Do you think $15 for armor set is too much? Well, let me ask you another question. You get two armor sets per character in the season pass. So you got to double what you just said. So I get $90 worth of decorative armor customization choices. $90 in the $10 season pass that I level up. Because you get the base armor and then you get the ornamental set. So, I mean, you see what I'm saying? This idea of like, is this too much? This seems too high in price. Zoom out for a minute. You spend $10 on the season pass and you get two per character instead of one per character so you're doing one set per character and you're saying times that by three if you do three characters that's $45 okay you gotta double that if you add up the armor sets you get in the season pass that's $90 worth of customization decorative elements in the game 
That's why once you start comparing prices and you look at prices of this or that or this individual item or that individual item, it just breaks down really quickly. There's also two legendary weapon ornaments in the season pass. There's also an exotic armor, I'm sorry, an exotic gun ornament in the season pass, as well as a ghost, as well as an exotic uh, emote. You know, it's just like, I, th- if you're going to start to make those comparisons, the value transmission for the 10, we get a ton of stuff. You can really make your cus- your character look cool every season for $0. You know, well, not $0. I mean, you spend 10 for the for the annual, for the season. I'm so sorry. You spend 10 for the season pass, and then you don't have to spend another dime, and you can make yourself look pretty stinking cool. So, you never answered the question? Do you think $15 for an armor set is too much? Answering that question, there's no way to answer that question. That is subjective. I will not spend $15 on an armor set. Why? I use Bright Dust on a couple of the pieces that I like. I did that on my Titan last season. I got the boots, the chest, and the helmet for the season la- for, for last season. For Season of the Undying. I used my Bright Dust. Because I... I piecemealed it. I was like, I like this piece. I like that piece. So I didn't, I didn't need it. Also on my warlock, I love the Vex armor we got from the season pass that, that cost me nothing. It was included in shadow keep. I mean, you could, you could price it out and say it was $10, but like I, I made my warlock look pretty dope last season using the stuff that I just got from the season pass. So again, it's all subjective. Like, you could look at the season pass stuff and say, oh, it looks like junk. Or you could look at the Saint-14 season pass armor and like me, you might you might agree with me, I think it looks pretty awesome. I think that helmet's pretty dope. I think the chest pieces and the boots and everything, I think look pretty awesome from the season pass. So when I look at these, I think they look neat. They're like blades on them. I have, I've got a really, really good set uh, of like a synergistic set. I'm using some of the pieces on my Hunter. And that's from the season pass. It's subjective, though. You could play through the season pass and be like, I think that armor sucks, Lono. And then you could run at the Eververse and be like, I'm going to use all my Bright Dust or I'm going to spend silver on this armor set. And I could look at the armor set and be like, are you kidding me? There could be somebody right now that thinks the Amalon set for the Titan, you can go get an Amalon armor set right now in the Eververse and you could look at that armor set and think it's the most hideous thing you've ever seen. You'd be right, by the way. It's pretty ugly. But somebody else might look at that and be like, no way, man, $15. I love Amalon. That looks cool. It looks like some futuristic football player. I don't know. It's subjective. They're just decorative items. You know, they're decorative. You like the helmet? Yeah, the helmet could potentially, the helmet has some potential here. I don't know what kind of shaders you could put on it, but it does have pretty decent shape. What happened here, Bungie? Why is that? (laughs) Why is that warped? Why is it warped? It's like it got melted. What happened? Did he get too close to something hot? That is awful. Bungie. Bungie. Nobody should buy this. That's embarrassing. Their art team is usually on the ball, and that is a pretty significant mistake. That was pretty... That's pretty bad. I wish I could do some shaders on the on the chest piece though. I do think the chest. I do. I do think the chest piece looks kind of cool. It's got the two tone. It's got some circuitry. Uh, you know, it's got some stuff on the back that looks kind of cool. It's almost like a small uh, Twilight Garrison. But again, it, we're, we're laughing and making fun of it. But I mean, by and large, it's subjective. So that's why these. That's why these discussions get kind of goofy. I just keep coming back to this. 
The criticisms of the Eververse are built on faulty premises. Number one, I should be able to earn everything. Nope, that's a faulty premise. It's a micro-spending store. Micro-spending stores are not designed for you to earn everything. So you are you are out of step with the identity of what a micro-spending store is. Number two, there is an earn rate. And there's no, there's no RNG. There is an earn rate and there's no RNG. You can just buy what you want. So it's a, it's a faulty premise. Micro stores do not exist for you to earn everything. They are additional. They are vanity. By their very definition, they are vanity decorative items. They are extra. They are not a part of the loot grind. They are not a part of the loot cycle. So that faulty premise leads people to be like, well, I should be able to get all of it. To be fair, Bungie spoiled us. They did. We, we spent a couple seasons where I got everything. I got everything a couple of seasons. That prismatic matrix stuff, that was so stupid when they did that. We literally got everything. It was too easy. Timber uh, WF. I was listening when you were talking about where where would you put ornaments in this game if not in Eververse? What do you think about trying to at least some of them to triumphs? Uh, it would make them worthwhile to complete. I mean, I could get behind that. I could, but again, you have to remember right now, in, in Bungie's estimation, when they're triaging priority and bandwidth, they seem to be putting priority and bandwidth on the new activity, the new loot, because if you look at all the Saint-14 stuff, the, look, the guns from Sundial look so freaking cool. This whole, like, they only put good-looking stuff in the Eververse. Oh, get the frick out of here. The Saint-14 weapons look amazing. I thought the Lectern... Uh, uh, guns from uh, Shadowkeep looked amazing. I thought the, the, the Garden of Salvation guns looked amazing. Like, aesthetically, those guns are awesome. Those guns, in my opinion, harken back to the aesthetic strength of the um, King's Fall weapons. If you go in here and you look at, I mean, even this too, the Blue Perfect, even these two guns here that they gave you in the season past last season, I thought looked awesome. Super unique, nothing like that in the game. But if you look at the arc logic, the 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 one small step, you look at these guns and things that you could get from the lectern. I think they have a great, great look. They have a great identity, like nothing else like that looks like in the game. They take shaders really well, you know. And if you want to be like, oh, but they could add ornaments to those things, I'm not gonna die on that hill because the Vex offensive weapons were were gross. But there was only four of them: Garden of Salvation, and then even. Even the guns, they're not really worth it, but even the guns you get from Altar of Sorrows look incredible. I don't know how you can look at the Altar of Sorrows weapons, the Lectern weapons, the Garden of Salvation weapons, the weapons from the Sundial, and be like, they put all the best-looking stuff in the Eververse. It's like, no, they don't. There's plenty of dope stuff we can grind for. This thing is awesome. The Line of the Sand Linear Fusion is so dope-looking. You know? The Scout Rifle, the Patron of Lost Causes is awesome-looking. Like, they nail, they nail the aesthetic of so many things, and then we gloss over it. We gloss over it, and we're like, well, they put all the good stuff in the Eververse. It's like, I don't know, man. There's so many dope-looking stuff we can grind for and earn. Um... So putting putting cosmetics and stuff like this, you've got to go back to Bungie has decided that triaging their bandwidth and their and their priority, like they're triaging priority and they're triaging bandwidth. What are they prioritizing? New content. They're not doing anything with the old content. That's understandable. It's only ten dollars, and for the ten dollars, it's like we better prioritize the new stuff, season pass stuff, loot, loot, you know, loot and the sundial, all that. And then when you look at the decorative stuff. They're just like, you know, we're we're going to put that stuff in the Eververse. 
We're not going to put that stuff in, in, in triumphs and grinds and things like that. Why? They're trying to make money, man. Like, that's what it comes down to. Those decorative items would not exist if there was no Eververse. That's where people are missing the point. It's not like this art team and this vanity, this vanity team, this team that builds vanity items. It's not like they would still be creating those items and shoving them in triumphs and strikes and nightfalls and other places. They literally are making them to put into a micro store. They're feeding the micro store. It's the same, like, look at Fortnite. There's a team of people making skins for Fortnite. Like, that's literally what they're making them for. They're making them to put them into a micro-spending store. That's why they exist. Raid ships and sparrows, what are you talking about? Uh, Traditionally, there really weren't raid ships and sparrows. There's only been a couple in the history of the game. Like, and again... That's not substantive content. That's like an extra thing that might drop, like the Nano Phoenix from Wrath of the Machine. That's not really a loot pursuit or a loot grind. That was like an extra thing. There was no, there was no ship in King's Fall. We always complained about that. Well, no, there was. There was, there was a ship for normal, but there wasn't a ship for hard. We always complained about that. We wanted the black, we wanted the black ship. But so. I, I'll grant you that they could have put a couple of the ships and sparrows and things into the raids, but again. That's not substantive content. That's a ship. We're barely in orbit anymore anyway. Fog had two ships and a sparrow. Right. And if that's what you're going to die on, if you're going to die on that hill on ships and sparrows that we used to grind for in the raids, that's where I get off the bus, dude. That's where I get off the bus. I grinded Vog for a fate bringer. I grinded Kingsfall. We grinded Kingsfall for power. Most of the guns weren't worth grinding for. I grinded Wrath for the currency so I could re- reroll my armor pieces. Full armor set. Genesis chain. I love the guns. I loved all those things. And yeah, obviously it was exciting when I finally got the Nano Phoenix. But again, they, they have not pulled out this disproportionate amount of items from the game. If you want to look at a sparrow and a ship and get really bent out of shape about that, I guess go ahead. I guess I, I, I guess get upset about that. I can't call foul on that. That's so minute in the grand scheme of what we grind for, in the grand scheme of what they've given us to chase. Like, it just doesn't matter. I, I don't remember ever grinding for sparrows in D1 or in D2. There's like, what, one sparrow and a nightfall in the arms, in the arms dealer? This just feels like a hunger to criticize. That's not that's not zoomed out and seeing how far the game has come, how better the content delivery is, how much there is to do for 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 poultry poultry amounts of money, like $10 for 3 months of content. Like again, if the Eververse is working as an ecosystem and as an economic system to fund and keep prices of things down and keep free activities going and if the live team is the one developing some of that stuff, then more power to them. I, listen, I can live without a ship or a sparrow in the raid. I can. I can live without that because that ultimately doesn't hurt the grand overarching experience in the game. It's it's a ship and a sparrow. It, again, it just feels like a hunger to criticize. It's not rooted in it's not rooted in big picture. It's not rooted in criticism of, of quality of life updates. It's literally a, a ship and a sparrow that we trade at an absurd rate. There's so many ships and sparrows in the game I'm just not going to die on that hill. Ashen Hollow. Should they remove the Nightfall card and instead offer three ordeal strikes on a rotation? 
I don't have a strong opinion on this. I mean, I, you know, the Nightfall card has already been adjusted, you know, a couple of times. Um, I continue playing Wrath of the Machine for weapon ornaments and the ship. Okay, weapon ornaments and the ship. Weapon ornaments were not a thing in Wrath. The guns just changed when you leveled them up. They were armor ornaments, and that was an Age of Triumph update that literally launched with no other content. It was a free update because there was nothing else going on. That's, don't you see, don't you see how disjointed it is right now to get upset about a ship and a sparrow not being in the raid, okay? But ignoring the fact that we got way less content back then. So sure, they put decorative elements in the game for you to grind for. One ship per faction in a ship and rather machine. Yay, yippee, and then we had nothing to do for months. Do you ever consider the fact that they pulled a few decorative elements out of raids and created an entire Eververse system with ornaments for guns and ghost projections and ships and sparrows and all that, and that helps fund a regular trickle of content that doesn't require us to spend that much money? Have you ever considered that the two are related? It's a, it's one ecosystem. It's it's all connected. Like when they said the ornaments for the black, uh, the whisper, the, the not the black spindle, but the whisper of the worm. The ornaments for the whisper paid for the outbreak perfected quest. Have you ever considered that the entire ecosystem is connected and you're trying to rip parts of one piece of it out that could be in some respect related to the fact that we're getting more content more regularly for very, very small amount of money? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Rise of Iron, yay. Let's all applaud the fact that the raid had a ghost and it had a ship. And then let's ignore the fact that we got Rise of Iron and then nothing for nine months. Nothing. Just ignore that. No seasonal drip feed. No drip feed of exotic quest lines. No new activities. No new loot pools. Nothing. Just ignore that and get upset at the fact that, like, well, Garden could have had a ghost in his ship. Like, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll give you your ghost and your ship and garden, and we gotta take away portions of the seasonal content, because you're cutting out part of an ecosystem and an Eververse system that's designed to give us more trickle, more stuff. Kingsfall, same thing! Kings, taking King lands, and we get nothing! Nothing! Until April, and then nothing until September. Those are huge droughts. Oh, but Bungie gave us a ship and a ghost in King's Fall Raid. Oh my gosh. Oh man, let's go back to that. A couple of poultry, decorative, non-game impacting items were in the raid, and you had massive droughts. It's all interrelated. That's why I keep telling people, zoom out. Zoom out. We're so zoomed in on this. It's like, ah, but we don't, I'm missing the point. How am I missing the point? You are, your people are irritated that a couple of items could, maybe you could prove the harpy shell should have been in the raid and that, that, that changing forum ship or whatever it's called should have been in the 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 Hashladoon Nightfall, right? Those are some items that maybe should have been in actual content for Grind, but again, you cannot criticize the Eververse in a vacuum. It's attached to a ecosystem that at this moment in time, we have more Destiny content trickled out more Destiny content trickled out than ever before for very, very small amounts of money. 
You're missing the point because people are earning things feels better than buying them. No, that's not the point that people are making. They're drawing comparisons to when we had these items in raids and acting like, see, they used to give them to us, therefore they should still be there. And my pushback and point is, you're ignoring the fact that the Eververse system, a vanity store system, a vanity store system is related to the rhythm of hobbyist style content for pennies on the hour that we have right now it's all related you cannot treat the eververse as if it exists in a vacuum and they're just yanking stuff out greedily it just you you've got to ignore so much that's happened in the game since the the rhythm of content in 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 the Taken King to Rise of Iron, and then the rhythm of content from Vanilla Destiny to Osiris and Warmind. Like, those rhythms of content, you can look back there and say, look how much decorative elements they give us. Look at all the vanity items we used to earn. Look at the engrams we used to get from the Eververse. I used to get everything every single season. Yeah, and you know what you didn't get? You didn't get a trickle of content. You had massive droughts back then. So... Correlation's not always causation, but hang with me here. In the time frame that these significant changes have happened with Eververse, what else has changed? The rhythm of content deliverable is better. It's better. Now, you might be one of the people who's like, no, I want to go back to the DLC format, but you're living in a dream world. There were so few things to do back then. It was like, well, yeah, you got an Eververse, you got sparrows and ships and strikes, but there was nothing to do after like a month. You're missing the point. Eververse sparrows and ships looks much better. That's a fact. That's not a fact. You cannot state a subjective value statement about if something looks better or looks worse and state it as a fact. That's ignorant. That's not... You can't say that. You cannot say that. Besides, I I use my bright dust that I earned from bounties to pick the things that I want. What's the matter with that? You know... what? Why not have a regular trickle of a currency that I earn from doing bounties and then I I can go pick the sparrow that I think looks cool and you can pick the sparrow that you think looks cool instead of like a couple of sparrows and ships that are earnable and strikes and things that aren't that, you know, that traditionally weren't even that great. I mean, I liked the Nano Phoenix ship, but I, I thought that ship was hot. Again, it's all inter related they created a micro spending store with direct purchase no loot boxes and an earn rate all those things all those things are exactly what we asked for and they did this and it's linked to another thing that happened in the game that we've always asked for we don't want droughts in the deliverables we want something to do week to week and month to month We've gotten both of those things, and we gr- I think we greedily look at it and say, well, I want more. I want you to take things out of the Eververse and let me earn them in the game. I want you to start updating the NPCs and stop updating the Eververse. And it's like, hold the phone. Hold the phone. Slow down. This is all interrelated. Where we've come, we didn't get here. We didn't get here just by accident. They've made systematic changes along the way to give us more content on a more regular basis at a very, very low, low cost. Free-to-play entry point. $20 for all of year two. And you got most of year two for free, actually. So, like, Forsaken in the annual pass that followed, that's year two. You got a lot of that for free. And then you could buy year two for $20. And then you can buy all of year three for 60 It's like, it's so poultry. It's so poultry. 
And we get so much, it's, it's none, no droughts at all. We get a two-week drought. We get a two-week drought. The last two weeks have been a bit of a drought. And that's like, that's the extent of the drought that we've had. And even in the midst of that drought, you can grind Eververse and get, I'm sorry, you can grind Ava Levante, her bounties, for stuff for the Eververse and for leveling. Year two for 20? Yeah, you could buy like all of Forsaken and all of its stuff for like 20 or $25. New Light, New Light was all of year one and some of year two. It was like, it was free. Just for free. Here you go. Come and play our game. Foss Green. What are your tips uh, for playing with others? I'm finding that playing solo is getting monotonous, but LFG is awkward and elitist. Does it take uh, some getting used to, or does it take some time to make some internet friends? You could always just go into the matchmaking environments and just send friend invites and party invites and try and party up with people, right? That's that's probably one of the easiest ways to meet people and play with people. Um, Cole, uh, Cole T. Crime, why is there no matchmaking for high activities? I mean, this is such an easy question to a- answer. It just The harder the activity, the higher the fail rate. The higher the fail rate for matchmaking leads to bad experiences for people, also people that just want to be carried. So having a spectrum of like, you can matchmake in the lower activities, but the higher the activity, the higher the difficulty, we're going to remove matchmaking. I think it's totally fine. Uh, TX Blue, as a collector player, I really enjoyed the collection tab and vault increase. As Eververse becomes more dominant, it makes it impossible to collect at all. Do you think Eververse goes against the collector type philosophy that Bungie seemed to encourage? This is where, this is where I do believe some of the frustration comes from. People got accustomed to getting literally everything, and I believe that is philosophically antithetical to a micro-spending store. Like, a micro-spending store, like a a featured item store, that's just antithetical to what that is. You're supposed to get all of it? Like, what other game can you go to and their micro-store and their featured skin, their featured decorative pretty thing, What? and you're going to get all of it? What are you talking about? Like, but the collectivist people are like, no, I want to get all of it. Every game, bull. Overwatch, Fortnite, Elder Scrolls Online, no, bull. There is no there is no game where you look at the they look at their micro vanity store and expect to get all of it. It's pick and choose the things that you think are the coolest. That's completely inaccurate and does not represent the lion's share of the games that are out there. Every game with a battle pass offers everything in the store when you buy the battle pass. <gasps> False. That's not true. No. Battle passes do, no. No. That's not even true. Battle passes offer a sampling and then every week there's new stuff. Every week there's new stuff that you can buy if you want it. That's false and you know it. Elder Scrolls Online, the only way to get everything is to subscribe to their store. To their vanity store. No. You cannot earn everything in Overwatch. You cannot earn everything in Call of Duty. You cannot earn everything in Elder Scrolls Online or Fortnite. You can't. If you if you're gonna get it all, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay. That is not. That is literally objectively, provably false. Go to any other game. You cannot get all the items. That's not true. Oh no! Look out below. The old adage, "Vote with your wallet," seems to apply here. Do you think Bungie is seeing the numbers to continue with this model, or do you believe that they don't have the agility to change pricing on a seasonal basis? No, I think it's working just fine. That's the part I don't like to say a lot of the times, but it's like. 
You guys can you guys can scream until you're uh, you're blue in the face. It's generating money. <laughs> it ain't going anywhere. Now, now, how do I know this? Because Bungie's making it easier for you to not spend money. Right? So, last season to this season, Bungie makes it, it has made it easier for you to not sell money. Uh, spend money, I'm sorry. So they're making money. Because if they weren't making money, their adjustments would have been, their adjustments would have been to, to, to lower prices or to give deals or something. They literally were like, it's working. We can meet them in the middle. Let's make 80% of them earnable. Let's let them know what's silver only. Let's give them a bunch of bounties with Abel Levante for a month that give them more bright dust. They 100%. They 100% are making money. Or they wouldn't <laughs> or they wouldn't have made it easier for you to earn more stuff. Do you see what I'm saying? Is, is the logic connecting there? I hope I'm making my point clear. It's it's weird to say it that way, but it's like I guarantee you they're making pretty good money because they gave you plenty of reasons to spend less if you really are paying attention. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you can literally, that's what I've been doing. I've just been saving and picking the ones that I like. And I know that the only thing that's silver only for the dawning is a finisher. So I'm just waiting for the cool items to buy. Ashen Hollow. After I complete the bounties, especially weekly for Bright Dust, where, uh, what is it to keep me interested in the Gambit, Crucible, and especially the Strikes? Why shouldn't I just finish them and dip? I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to argue you into affinities and desires. If you're done for the week, then stop. I don't do that. I, I run three Scourges for the Anarchy. Uh, I got my Obelisk bounties. I do those for the Fractaline. I do uh, Ava's bounties to level my artifact. I'm done with the season pass. That just that just happened. So I had been doing that because uh, I wanted the 92 rank for Sundial Legend because we don't know what Sundial Legend is going to bring. Um, I do Ava Levante for, for the power because there's another Triumph uh, attached to hitting level 20 on the artifact plus 20 uh, power boost. Uh, you know, sometimes I just run strikes just because it's fun. Well, I was also running, uh, I was also running strikes because I wanted the essence to bake the cookies. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to argue you into affinities and desires and wants and likes. I might have just listed a bunch of things that don't interest you. I like it. Even Modern Warfare and Activision games gives you store currency when you rank up the battle pass, LOL. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can buy every single item that they ever trot out, LOL. And that's not what you said, LOL. You said that if you buy the season pass, you can get everything that comes out. And that is false. And what you've just said is not an argumentation in support of your point, LOL. Billy's. Do you think if they replaced year one, year two engrams in the season pass with engrams of certain seasonal items, the backlash would be lessened? Yeah, that's not what they're there for. The best of engrams, the best of engrams are not there for that. They're there for new light players. They're there for players that took a break. Um, they're there for players that didn't get all the items. I just got, I just got Saint 14 ship and I didn't have it. Like it's not, this, this is not, Everything in the game is not designed for you. Keep in mind, these engrams, these best of engrams, these fond memories engrams, they're on the free lane, by the way. So gotta, you gotta weigh that, right? They're not there for you. This is there for people that either took a break, missed out, or came late. And they're probably freaking loving it. They're loving it. Hey, look at all these ornaments they can get. 
Look at all these ornaments they can get. That if they weren't here. Some of these are really cool, by the way. If they could get the Huckleberry out of the, out of the gutter by letting you run, you know, champion mods on it. That thing, I love that ornament. That is sexy. I mean, they... Oh, yeah, the Ace of Spades ones, too. Mm, that is just pretty. The, here's the thing. If, if, if you're a new light player or a player that's been taking a break or a player that didn't get everything, that's what this is designed for. This is what ends up happening, right? The most hardcore, most ardent, most dedicated players are the most commonly the ones in this chat, Reddit, and the forums, and etc. And so they look at this and like, this is the stupidest thing ever. I have all this stuff, right? I have all this stuff. Okay, well, yeah, it's not for you. You're the same people that get frustrated that Zer has crap every week. He's not there for you. He's there for people that managed to not get a Lord of Wolves until now. Or, oh, I'd like to try out that exotic. And then they 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 make the exotic limp by not giving it a great stat roll because you're buying it. So if it's the first time you could get a Phidias Spathe or Orpheus Riggs or whatever, it's like, oh, well, I actually get it to try it out. It's not there for you, which is a very nice, soft way of telling you not everything in the game is for you. You know, Fortnite has a premium currency you can earn in the PVE mode you pay $40 for. You think Destiny would benefit from something like that? Let people who have been playing the game uh, earn silver? It's so weird that you say that because they do that and it's called Bright Dust. Like, my, my, I can feel my brain swelling from frustration. It's, they, they do that! <laughs> they do that! You can earn, you can earn Bright Dust! It's there. I I went from six thousand to like eighty six hundred. I'm all I'm nearing nine thousand from just playing. I'm just playing. You just have to play. You just have to play. Yes, you can't buy everything. That's true. Just play. Just play. Just grab the bounties. I'm sick of bounties. Wait. Okay. Then. Then don't do my guess. You can grab weeklies and repeatables, and you can get them from the gunsmith too, and you can get them from Ava, and you can run strikes, you can run crucible, you can run sundial, you can go to public events, you can go to lost sectors. You know, now there are some you can only do in crucible, sure. And there's some that you can only do now. Well, hang on a minute. Do the repeatable strike ones make you go into strikes? I've actually never looked at that. In strikes. Okay, they do. Okay. So yeah, you, you have to go into those parts of the game, but gee money, you just gotta you just do the bounties and get the currency and then go buy the stuff. That's what I've done. I bought the I bought the uh, I bought the polar bear sparrow. Um I'm waiting for some of the other ornaments to trickle down. And if I wanted to buy them now I could. I'm waiting on the uh, I don't know if this is gonna be silver only or not. The Doomfang ornament I'm waiting for that to roll down. Um, I buy the shaders because I think the shaders are cool. They're really, really cheap. Shaders are dirt cheap and they're neat and there's a ton of them in the game and they really roll out pretty... They usually roll out pretty cool ones. I mean, if you like this gun, it's only 700 bright dust for this ornament for the for, for this, for this you know, SMG. Like... At its core, they like they're doing what so many other other micro stores don't do. There's a ton of micro stores in existence that don't let you earn anything, anything. Uh, add added attitude adjuster. 
Do you think they should just add ornaments from other seasons? I think they would make more from Eververse if they didn't have the same weapon ornaments every week. I, homie, I don't know what the internal click rate and conversion rates are, so I can't really answer that question. Side quest, the homie that's been in the ring with me all day today. When the $35 expansion drops or $10 season drops, if Bungie adds a significant uh, quantity of items to purchase in the Eververse, say 200 items, but only 30 items to earn in the content we purchase, is that a valid point of complaint for consumers? No. And we've been round and round on this this morning. This is what people have done in the past. They did the same thing during Forsaken. They did the same thing during Shadowkeep. They make a quantitative argument. They gloss over the fact that a ton of those items are ghost projections, emotes, finishers, just totally extra items that are not even related to the typical grind in Destiny, right? Fosscreen with 500 bits, thank you. I missed some subs. We've been going off. Uh, Hubby Chubby with eight months. Cranky Pants with eight months. Five months from I'm Pones. Guys, thank you for all those resubs and for the bits. I think that's the grand mistake, okay? The season lands, and if you really compare, you get, there's an armor set in the Eververse. An armor set. And then there's an armor set and an ornament in the season pass. And then there's some gun ornaments. Yeah, they also give you two gun ornaments for legendaries and one exotic ornament in the season pass. So again, it just, this this comparison always starts to break down because I could flip your argument back around and say, yeah, well, the season pass costs $10. And if you add up all the Eververse items in the season pass, you get like 60 to $80 worth of Eververse items in the season pass and you only spend 10. So they're giving you a ton of stuff just by playing. Oh, but there's quantitatively, they added 200 items. Yeah, and how many of those were projections or emotes or finishers or ghosts? Like, things that just don't, they're not traditional Destiny grind items. Uh, week 7, those booms will be for Bright Dust. Please notice me. Oh, on January 21st. The, oh, for the Doomfang? The Doomfang ornament will be available the week of the 21st. Thank you. That's been data mined, I guess. Okay, so do you see how that works? Do you see how that works? I'm saving my Bright Dust, and I see something that I like, and it's been data mined, but I basically could buy this right now if I wanted to for $6, or I can wait, right? So I can wait almost two months or buy them. That's that's up to me as the consumer, is it worth $6 to have this now? Especially as many times as like we've been running Void and stuff. It's a great, great ornament. Right? I could buy this now or wait. That's my choice as the player. And to buy it, I don't even know how much typically Bright Dust ornaments uh, for um, exotic pieces go for. I would assume it's probably going to be in the 2000 to 2500 range. Which means, you know... I got my work cut out for me. Every week you can, you know, grind close to that. I don't know what the, the max total uh, dust earn rate is right now because Ava's, Ava's throwing it off a little bit. Side quest with another question. Do you think Bungie should do more with the campaign aspect of the game? For example, adding heroic or redux variants for campaign missions and strikes. This is touchy because I think campaign missions don't get used properly. The 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 Panoptes fights, uh, any of the campaign missions that we never go back to, the Baron fights, they got relegated to adventures on the Tangled Shore, and we never really get to play them. Um, 
I think a heroic or legend playthrough of those would would be cool and then potentially that's where you could add some of the the random roll items that they want to bring back like the old fashioned or some of these items where you could be grinding those old playlist those old story missions and kind of like oh I forgot about this oh I forgot about this and and then you can have some loot potentially dropping in there this gets touchy though because this just turns into a quality of life update they have to do for free they can't charge for this it it's so touchy within the framework of like what gets priority and what gets bandwidth because if they dedicate priority and bandwidth to something that is essentially a reskin then they can't charge money for it or people will get very very irritated that's why when you look at the seasonal format for the ten dollars it's very one-sided it's they're not doing anything with the npcs they're not doing anything with existing loot pools or existing activities it's a brand new loot pool it's a brand new activity it's a brand new npc right they it's it's meant to be that way on purpose they don't want to hear anybody who's like oh man i spent twenty dollars and you guys added a bunch of stuff that i don't care about it's reskin it's old it's dated I pay $20 right now for heroic reduct mission strikes. I've always thought Bungie should code their campaigns to be replayed. I've had people telling me, no, campaigns should not be basically glorified strikes the entire time because we should play a lot of it once and be done with it. They shouldn't be repurposing it. That's lazy. And I'm just, that, that drives me crazy. Why would you not want every square inch of the game to be structured in a way to get more capital out of it? Whether it's a campaign mission or an adventure or a barren fight or whatever, why not have it structured to be replayed? That's more variety for you to grind and more pockets of the game for loot to be dumped into. Uh, Wraith Resurgent. Are all the complaints misplaced, meaning Eververse allows for more free activities, which gives more people a reason to stop playing? Doesn't this benefit everyone? This is exactly what I was talking about moments ago where I said, you cannot divorce this from how far we've come. You can't look at like, oh, but Kingsfall had a ship, and oh, Wrath had a ship, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, and there were huge droughts back then. So it's it's a both and. Eververse has expanded, yes. Eververse is largely a a slightly earned, mostly purchased store, because you're, you're not going to be able to earn enough Bright Dust to get it all. And at the same time they're doing that, seasonal content is cheap and I think far more rhythmic than we've ever had. Hammer. While I think Eververse is mostly fine, how is it now that I, uh, how, how it is now and I actually enjoy it? Do you think adding a small amount of Bright Dust, say 10 to 20 every bounty, would limit complaints? No, because ultimately, even though right now, if you do everything, like if you really are dead set on, I should be able to earn it all. Here, here's where people contradict themselves. Here's where people contradict themselves. I should be able to earn it. By doing what? I guess grinding strikes and raids, like just throw them in those loot pools. Okay, question for you. Are you doing your weekly vanguards and your repeatables? Well, well, no. Well, why not? Well, there's no real reason to. Sure there is. Bright Dust. To buy the vanity items that you want so badly. But if, but if they put them in the strikes, that would be different. Well, earning it's better than buying it. I can resonate with that. I certainly can. When people talk about like rotating god rolls in the tower, I tend to agree with you. Earning it's better than buying it. But when it comes to vanity items, I look at it from the other end of the spectrum. You know what? It's pretty awesome. I can grind strikes. I can do my weeklies and repeatables every week and save up. And when I see a ship or a sparrow that I think is dope, I can buy it. I'm not dependent on like a couple of ships and sparrows that if I don't like the way that they look, then I don't care about the Vanguard playlist. That's more freedom. 
right? That's increased freedom. You're like, oh, I've got all this bright dust. I didn't like that sparrow that you bought, Lono. I bought this sparrow instead. Somebody said that the other day. They think the polar bear sparrow looks dumb. I was like, I thought it was pretty cool, so I bought it. As opposed to being like, you're limited to... Because especially a lot of the strikes don't even have rooms for... They don't even have a room for like a sparrow, a ship, or a shader, or a ghost, or whatever, because they have guns. A lot of the a lot of the a lot of the strikes have like a, a strike specific gun that drops. It's more freedom. It's actually it's actually a different way of earning cosmetics. You don't like the method. The result is that you can actually avoid a lot of the ugly things that you don't like and get get the ones that you do like. You know what I'm saying? I, that's why I look at it from the other end of the, 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 the telescope. I'm like, I can grind these strikes like crazy and wait for the item that I think is the dopest instead of being limited to whatever couple of items they added to the strike playlist. Does it give uh, more free activities? How much change from last year's dawning to this year's dawning? A sparrow and a bunch of Eververse stuff? Last year's dawning was literally just the sparrow... And oh, they did the they did the event ingrams last year, didn't they? Where you, so you could you could get some of the items just by playing, but it's not that different now. Instead of again, again, you got to look at things from the other end of the telescope. Last time in the dawning, because they had the they had the activity ingrams, you were dependent on RNG to get the things that you want, and then they had the avalanche. This year, there's two guns. There's the avalanche, and then there's the SMG. So. You could earn all of the armor, but you were reliant on it, you know, RNG. I remember a lot of times not getting all the pieces to drop myself, but was it a punch-out system? It might have been a punch-out system, so maybe you just have to play a lot. Now, I can grind all of Ava Levante's bounties, and instead of getting those items that I might not care about, her bounties are actually funding me maybe buying something else that's not dawning-related. Don't you see? Instead of giving me Eververse items like donning armor sets that I didn't like or weren't interested in, I never wore them. I never wore the donning armor sets from last year. This year, I'm not really interested in buying them either. So what am I doing? I'm benefiting from the event by grinding her bounties for Bright Dust and saving the Bright Dust for items that I think are cooler, like the Doomfang ornament. Her event's going to pay for my Doomfang ornament. Don't you see how that's better and more freedom for the player? But you're upset that you can't earn it. Instead of being like, well... I don't I don't have to be I don't have to earn those things. I can get bright dust and buy the things that I want. <laughs> like I I don't like any of the dawning stuff. I'm gonna save it up and buy something else. You know, I I don't know. And if you really like the dawning stuff, you might be frustrated. I earned all of the dawning armor ornaments. I earned I, I earned all of the dawning armor last time and I can't do it this time. It's too much bright dust. Sorry games evolving self-published now they got to pay for these free events so there you go you can't rip you can't rip changes out of the eververse like it's in a vacuum it's attached to other changes in the game the rhythm of content delivery it's self-published it's got a free-to-play entry point those are all part of the same big ball of wax my argument is eververse helps pay for free activities but there is barely any changes year uh there's barely any changes no now hang on a minute they they did they do free events every year that have to be pushed out updated and quality tested and they added new things so there's a new gun there were new cookies there were new places to take the cookies there were new bounties all that had to be tested festival of the lost you go back into that area you got a new gun Festival of the Lost was was a repeated activity, but again, 
they've got to have a team that maintains that that pushes that stuff out that tests it that makes sure it works in the new meta that makes sure it works with the new weapons that makes sure the perks work there were new masks there were new things there were new items for you to, to earn if you wanted to get the bright dust and earn them those free events keep coming around and it's not just because the money's paying for the event to be pushed out doesn't mean it's going to be like dramatically different from the last time you know uh, DMAX speeds. Would making seasonal armor set mod slot backwards compatible fix many of the armor set problems uh, with having to save an armor set for every season? This is why I don't, this is why they didn't add a lot of armor. Right? I, th- they didn't do a lot of armor, and I think this is why. I don't think they have the armor 2.0 system completely landed yet, so they're waiting. It's like. If they dump a bunch of armor in the game, I don't think they know what they're doing with armor 2.0 yet. I think it's still in flux. I think it's still in flux. So. It's a copy-paste gun with easy-coded bounties. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is me dismissing your criticisms of a free event. You ready? Ready? It's free. Shut up. That's that's it. That's, that's your criticism just getting knocked off the table. It's free! It's free! It doesn't cost any money! Like... No one gives a rip about your criticism. It's a free event. It's free. They don't have to do it. But what did I get from the free event? I got a new Sparrow. Just because. Got a new Sparrow. Outbreak was free. Yeah, that was an exotic quest. It's free. You just said that was the money was going toward? Yes. And they have said that whenever people buy stuff in the Eververse, it funds certain things. And they've given examples like the Outbreak mission. And they've said in the past, Eververse helps fund free events. So every time they ship a free event, people buying stuff, people buying stuff in the Eververse funds that. And if you're like, yeah, but it's mostly Eververse stuff or it's not that great. It's it's free. Like, I don't understand. It costs you nothing. You can't have buyer's remorse on something you spent zero dollars on. Like, it's a, it's free. That's why these arguments are so irritating. It's like, it's rooted in just bad perception, bad optics. The game, like, it's just crazy to me. It's, fr- it's free. Side quest. Might have already asked, should Bungie add silver to the premium battle pass? Most free-to-play games featuring a battle pass add more currency to their premium track. Yeah, there, there, there is currency on the, on, on the season pass, and it's Bright Dust. It's not a lot, but it's on there. It's not a lot, but it's on there. There's 100 Bright Dust at level 30. 100 Bright Dust at level 40 for everybody. 100 Bright Dust at level 50 for everybody. And I don't, I think that's it. So there's not much, admittedly. Uh, and there's another 100 at 96. So yeah, there's already currency in there. There's already currency in there. In addition, in addition to tons of Eververse items, two entire armor sets, one's ornamental, ornaments for guns, ornaments for exotics, a, a, an emote, a ghost, you know, they're, and they're just giving you exotics every once in a while from it. Like, only 400 bright dust? Right, but it's... You spent $10 for the season pass. I, like I said earlier, you guys can't you guys can't take this argument. You're going to lose it every time. If you're going to take issue with $10 and not getting much currency from it, then you're going to lose. Because I'm going to stack up all of the items you get that have a value in the Eververse that you got for $10. $90 worth of armor that you get like 
Oh, but we don't get much bright dust blown out. It's like, well, yeah, but for $10, they're like, if you're going to try and make that value transmission argument, like we don't get enough currency for the Eververse. Okay. But if you're as soon as you enter that landscape of comparison, now I get to claim, look at all the Eververse stuff you do get. Cause this is what people are going to say. Well, but those aren't Eververse items alone. Everybody gets those. Hang on though. The minute you're going to start making those comparisons and claiming that like, we don't get enough currency. We don't get enough this or that from Eververse stuff in the season pass. Well, welcome to the ring. You're going to lose because there's so much in the season pass that if purchased in the Eververse would cost you way more than $10. Ashen Hollow. Do you feel people are unfairly comparing year one Eververse and earnable to year two and three? This goes back to what I said. Like you can't separate the two. You really cannot separate the two. The changes to Eververse are part and parcel to the fact that, like, there's a rhythm of content. They don't ask us to spend that much money. It was $35 for Shadowkeep and $10 for the a la carte seasons after that. Like, just a la carte seasons. The fact that you don't have to buy the seasons all wrapped into one. Those are all changes and improvements they've made that are attached to an ecosystem and an economic, like, revenue stream that is the Eververse. So, these two things cannot be divorced. That's why I said, yeah, sure, go back to the time where Rise of Iron's raid had a ghost and a sparrow and a ship in there yay good for that then you also didn't get anything for six months you know Mike J. Para, do you think that there would be a higher light level activities above 980 in the game we have unlimited light level I don't know if they have any plans for that the leveling seems again to not be completely uh, landed it seems in flux because they did a 10 bump and we didn't really I don't really feel like we needed a 10 bump but they did a 10 bump and they didn't move any of the difficulty spectrum so like I, I don't know you know, I don't know what their plans are. Uh, I sweatpants. Not sure if this Q&A question answer worthy, but I have a prediction about seasonal events like Vex Offensive and Sundial. What if they were drip feeding us content to build a new mainstay hopper similar to Menagerie that randomizes the bosses and objectives based off what the community liked from Vex Offensive and Sundial and whatever upcoming from the next season? This is how they would bring back guns and armor. Well, there's a couple of problems with what you're saying. Luke Smith's director's cut made it clear they can't make pivots that quickly. People loved Black Armory, and then Drifter was a flop. And it was like, oh frick, they were placing simultaneous bets. And the Menagerie was amazing, but while Menagerie was getting delivered and gave us tons of agency, Luke Smith warned us we weren't going to have that level of agency in Shadowkeep. Don't you see? Like, they're not able to make those pivots that quickly. So I don't think Bungie's going to be able to like, oh, like, look at how they responded to Vex Offensive, and oh, they like Sundial more, hurry up and make changes to Spring and Summer maybe they could make marginal changes but by and large that stuff is being parallel developed at the same time they're placing simultaneous vets so whatever they're building for spring and summer can't have tons of input from Vex Offensive and Sundial the pivot would be over the course of four months homie you ignored what I just said go back and read the director's cut no the Black Armory into Drifter into Opulence. Those were all being developed at the same time. So our feedback on Black Armory could not influence either of those seasons. Luke Smith said that. He even said that our fond our, how much we loved Menagerie. Menagerie launches in the summer and Shadowkeep launched in October, months later, and they couldn't make changes and pivots. They didn't give us the same level of agency. 
it's it's clear from what he said they don't have that agility to like change midstream and oh people are liking this oh people are liking that maybe the next annual pass sure i think you're right about that they're always testing and collecting information so if you responded positively or negatively as a community to vex offensive or sundial or whatever that's going to influence the next annual pass that's the problem then pivot time shouldn't be six to eight months that's too long for feedback according to you who the frick are you do you work for bungie do you know their their rhythm of bandwidth and delivery you're saying that but then they're not going to be able to deliver content in the spring if they listen to trevster from twitch they're going to take all their bandwidth and say well then don't make content for spring because trevster thinks that's too long to make pivots so what we're going to have to do is not deliver anything in the spring so that in the summer we can apply trevster's idea of bandwidth agility the reason that you get something in the the winter and the spring and the summer is because they're making it simultaneously. The variability of them to give you content regularly is why they can't make those quick pivots. You don't understand development. They they literally can't do what you're asking of them. They can't. Well, Trevster says that's too long, and clearly he knows more than us. We better start ramping up our agility or our our feedback input algorithms to like measure community feedbacks and just shove it into a DLC. Come on, man! Like that's why these that's why these discussions get so exhausting. It's like if if you want them if you want them to make pivots from our input into Vex Offensive or Sundial, you have to understand that gets iterated, collected, collated, combed over, collected, and then it's going to influence content in the future. It's reckless to like walk into the room and be like, hey guys, we know what you're working on for spring. You got to change all of that. We don't have time for that. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Dev groups can apply way faster than what you're saying. You're obviously upset. I'm not upset. That's condescending and passive because you're getting beat up in the argument. Homie, they cannot apply that stuff faster. Unless you're Luke Smith or unless you work for Bungie, what you're saying is unfounded. They they can apply it way faster. Really? According to you? According to you? How many dev companies have you worked for? Like... Luke Smith made it very clear they're placing simultaneous bets and they can't change midstream. So he either came out and wrote elaborate lies in his director's cut, his five or four part director's cut. They're either elaborate lies or he gave us a glimpse into development, which largely gamers are insanely ignorant about. Like, that's why people think, I don't understand, Bungie. We ended D1 and it was great. Why was none of that in D2? Because D2 was in development for far too long, and they couldn't suddenly take, like, all these value points that the live team added in Rise of Iron and shove it into the ecosystem and systems that had been established for years and built already for Destiny 2. It's, It's staring you right in the face. Like, development just takes way too long. And once something is developed, listen... When I worked for that small technology company, they did small iterations called agile development because if you did agile development, it was better than waterfall development because typically once you developed an MVP, a minimum viable product, and you delivered it to the client, the client would be like, oh, we thought we wanted that, but we don't want that now. We want this now. We don't like that. Can you change this? Can you do this? Can you do that? So you do agile development, minimum viable product. Here's an MVP so we can make literal like small iterations on the con- on the, on the application and on the product. 
the problem with destiny is you can't do that you have to ship something while that's being shipped another team is working on something completely and utterly different it's another activity it's another thing so they're midstream on their development of this activity the 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 structure of it the pacing of it the, the the loot delivery system of it okay and then adequate feedback that we're going to provide on sundial doesn't happen week one it would probably happen in the middle of the season so about mid-season let's say mid-january we provide feedback about the general flow and the general you know consensus from the community and then bungie takes all the player base numbers and they curate all that and they collate all that now you want them to turn around and tell a group of people that have been working on something hey We know the next season launches in a month and a half, but can you make all these dramatic changes to what you've been working on? And they're like, no, we can't do that. That's unrealistic. That's why when people say, oh, just make the changes. Oh, it should be faster. You can't. You can't. It's not a matter of laziness or ineptitude. They clearly know what they're doing. For frick's sake, they're one of the more successful developers in the world. So, like, they know what they're doing. It's reckless to go in and try and like dislodge their their pacing and efficiency to like just suddenly start injecting our feedback. That's the other thing people forget. Your feedback that you feel right now might not be shared by the community at large. It might not be shared by the player base numbers. Like the actual player base numbers and the player trends might be completely at odds with what you're saying. How many people come in here every day and they're like, I'm burned out, I'm done playing? Okay, I mean, the player base numbers look good, so take a break. But generally, it seems like people are enjoying themselves. Like, so even if even if there's a consensus, let's say your opinion on Sundial is shared by the lion's share of the community and the player base numbers back your opinion, right? They're not going to really know that concretely until the season's close to being over, right? They've got all the rhythm. They got season one month to two month to three month. Okay, this is the spectrum of player base. These are the engagement numbers. This is what people were engaging with. This is how many quit. This is the quit ratio for this activity. This is the success rate for this activity. This is matchmaking queue times. This is rewards. This is how many people on average have gotten these rewards. This is how many fractal line they've spent. This is how many people have said this on the forums. This is what people have said on Reddit. This is what people have said on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Okay, our general consensus is that Sundial was a success and here's some things that we could change. They can't even get there until the season's almost over. And you think they should just shove that in. Six to eight months, it's an absurd amount of time for feedback to be implemented. Well, in light of everything I just said, you might start to get a picture as to why it takes a while for changes to happen. And everything I said is true about the Crucible too. There is no consensus or hive mind about what's wrong with the Crucible. Everybody has different opinions. There's weapon trends, map trends, hot spots on maps. There's quit ratios on certain maps or certain modes. There's win ratios for certain spawns versus other spawns. There's all these things that have to be collated and collected and then combined and disseminated and parsed with player feedback. So they can't be like, well... Trevster's really mad about such and such gun. We better change it. It's not that simple. It takes months of collecting data points, input, and doing their own internal testing to determine whether or not something should be changed. And when they conclude that something is to be changed, it's going to take time to implement that too. There's layers. I mean, layers of reasons why they can't just flip switches and make changes like crazy. And, to be fair, 
even one of the more agile games out there that makes updates all the time and changes all the time Fortnite because they have the unreal you know engine and they have a very agile game there's good and bad that comes with that they're changing their game every week they're changing their meta you got to change your play style they've broken things they've messed things up they've made things too strong they've had people get really angry and quit and say that things need to be vaulted but they're upgraded they're updating the game all the time when you feel like your head's gonna spin off playing Fortnite sometimes like what game is this a month goes by and it feels like a completely different game so agile development or agile updates or quick updates isn't always a pure and positive like oh yeah everybody should do that because Fortnite has taken a lot of criticism for it as well. It's a treble company. It should take a month. I don't know what a treble company is. Are you talking about music? Uh, MQL. Uh, why do you think the elemental affinities are locked on the season pass gear? Should we get to choose? Uh, I don't know. I think because they were given such a high stat roll maybe. And they knew, they knew like Void was one of the favored affinities probably I would think normie peasant what do you think of the dawning sleigh sparrow dropping glimmer presence and do you think it should drop more normie what is this I don't care like that's who it's fun it's silly it's gimmicky it should be dropping zer cookies and reindeer poop I don't care come on normie you know I love you Sam crisp how would you feel if uh Hingus came to you, and I think you meant to put Bungie. What the frick is Hingus? Came to you and other creators and asked for your help with quest steps and raids, etc. I feel like it may help to get an outside opinion. Um, for for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah, Hingus. For whatever reason, uh, I'm I'm not invited to anything, and I don't know why. Uh, I get called a Bungie apologist, but I don't get invited to anything. Um. So yeah, I think consulting with them would be great. I would, I would readily. Look, you wanna, you wanna put me on under, under NDA, and you wanna pay me to hop on a Skype call, you know, once a month for a couple hours. I would gladly do that. Gladly, I sit here and hear from the community all day. Even after a day like today, I could be like, here's the trends of things that I was hearing. This is what really, really ticks people off. You might get some goodwill if you make a little bit of movement in these departments, and then Eververse would get a little less criticism, you know? Um, But for whatever reason, you know, Bungie does their community summits. They bring out a lot of the same people, and they're kind of glorified capture events, and they are also, I think, pretty good at, you know, disseminating feedback. If you look at the feedback from the forums and Reddit and Twitter and Twitch and everything, you know, from Forsaken to Shadowkeep, I feel like they implemented a lot of our feedback. Everything we used to rant about with leveling and infusion costs seemed to be taken into consideration. Uh, we've been asking for bounties, more streamlined leveling, more freedom in leveling, and they, they seemed, uh, you know, they seemed to take that into consideration, you know. One to three months is pretty normal for most dev groups. Sanity Rage isn't touching it, but most dev groups plan 90-day-ish rotation on content creation. Yes, and what you just ignored and what I said, Trevster, is, sure, one to three months for most dev groups. You know know what that, that amount of time is? That's the length of a season. So during the length of the season that we're in now, Season of Dawn, they're working on something for the spring. That lines up kind of nicely, doesn't it? Huh. I wonder what would happen if you went to a dev group that was in day 70 of a 90-day delivery rotation and you said, here's all the data and influence and input we've collected from Season of Dawn. Can you make changes now? They'd be like, no. We're in the final stages. What are you talking about? We're on day 75 out of 90. Don't you see? 
your own point is is dismantling your own initial assertion they are on like a 90 day delivery cycle and when they're close to the end of that 90 day delivery cycle is when they could have concrete input and feedback to influence content in the future and that's way too close to the deliverable it's like dude the season launches in two weeks what are you talking about we can't make any significant changes now are you crazy afro samurai lona do you think silver should be in the season pass we already had this i don't think so no bright dust earn rates are there and they don't even have to do that um uh duh, 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 duh. outside of you lono i don't remember the destiny community asking for fomo infested seasonal content and paid content that gets removed after a season lol okay people asked for new activities intentional loot grinds cool new guns they liked menagerie so you're wrong like the fact that the 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 loot gets retired you'd be like well they didn't ask for fomo that's interesting we asked for no seasonal droughts we've been given seasonal droughts and you're trying to use that as an argumentation that it's fomo and somehow wrong Again, I just that, 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 that that's the schizophrenic feedback loop of the Bungie of the Destiny community. Like, we want no droughts. Here's no droughts. What do you mean I gotta play all the time to try to earn everything? What is this? What do you mean what is this? You asked for no droughts. Here's no droughts. Oh, but it's going away. Oh, come on. Do you really are you really gonna try to argue that when Sundial goes away, it's some big vacancy or problem? People are saying it's basic and it's straightforward. Vex Offensive would be a better example. Come on. Vex Offensive went away. Who cared about that? Sundial's basic. It's just a mechanism to make you do stuff and move and do looties and shooties and get guns. By the time the season's over, no one's going to care that Sundial's going away. Why? Why does the system work? Even though people try to criticize it, why does the system work? Because we cluster around the new. We did it with Menagerie. We clustered, we went crazy, we grinded it, and then we cluster away from it. We move away from it. So it retiring isn't some big glaring fault. And it's again, it's more in line with the behavior of the player base. Train. I thought only the Whisper and the Outbreak items from the store because of the quest. Do you think that is what most people do? I don't know what most people do, homie. I can't really speculate. Uh, to be free. Should Bungie consider giving a single armor piece from Eververse sets in high difficulty endgame content which result in giving dedicated players a way to get a discount on armor sets this just starts to get kind of elaborate and I just don't think we need to get down into this I think in general it's complimentary and you don't need it and that's exactly how a microstore is supposed to you know, be it's pretty, it's cool you can make your tractor cannon look like the foot of a dinosaur, you know, if you want you don't need it though uh, let, Kabuki Nux with 4 months, thank you uh, Normie with a thousand bits. Only reason I asked about the Glimmer Sparrow is because I've seen a handful of players boosting into walls for 30 minutes. Oh, for frick's sake. Are people really AFKing for Glimmer? Thank you for the thousand bits. Uh, NVP with eight months and then another 420 bits from Normie. He says, also happy new year. Look, Normie, I, yeah, I don't really care about that. I mean, people are AFKing forges. If somebody wants to AFK their, their stinking sparrow into a wall, like, I, I can't really get upset about that or want that legislated or, or corrected with an update or something. You know what I mean? Uh, modem MT, modem, modem MT, kind of off topic, but do you believe Bungie will have the Earth Obelisk fixed when reset happens tomorrow? I personally don't think so. 
I, I don't know, man. I have no idea, you know? Considering I couldn't play Season of the Undying, I missed out on the Undying title, and those things I don't, I don't think should go away. They should always stay there for those who come back from hiatus to earn titles after the season is over. It's a two-edged sword, man. We don't want droughts. We want content. We want to be rewarded for being there when the cool thing happened. And you're basically saying, I couldn't play. That's not fair. And I got bad news for you. That input of, I couldn't play. That's not fair. Isn't ever going to be legislated for. So Dylan said it'll be fixed in the next update. Yeah, but when's the next update land though? Is he, did he mean reset or like an actual update they're going to shove out? Anti-solar flare. Do you think that they should change the nostalgia engrams what they did with the exotic engrams where it would only drop bright dust once you collected everything at a 250 piece rate? Uh, would this cause too much inflammation in the bright dust economy? It'd be really, really cool if it was a punch-out system because I tell you what, I don't have everything and I got I got that one sparrow like four times in a row. If I just look at my ghosts and I go back through here, right there... There's three right there. Oh, that's activities on Mars, activities on Mars, escalation protocol on Mars, okay? So I'm probably going to go through here and prove myself wrong. Most of this stuff is probably... Maybe I should go into the ships instead. Um, That was a rare drop from a nightfall that I didn't go for. I don't know. I mean, I would prefer a punch-out system. If I've gotten everything, though... I just don't know what they would do then. You just give me bright dust, I guess is what you're saying. I I guess they could do that. Uh any of the that's yeah, these are all earnable. I think it might be doing a punch out system. I don't know. It seemed like it took like a really, really long time uh to give me Here's a good example of why putting sparrows or ships in a raid doesn't work. The always-on-time Sparrow that I still don't have. I just gave up. It just doesn't matter to me. Like, maybe you're different than me, but, like, I'm just like, dude, frick this. It isn't worth it. It's not good enough. It's not a good enough reward for me to do that every frickin' week. So either come up with a better RNG system where eventually, like, I can get it, but I don't know. I would think eventually, like, see all these Sparrows? These are all Eververse Sparrows, right? I would think... This time next year, the season pass should just be dropping these as a punch-out method for me. So eventually you get the Viper, you know what I mean? Eventually you get these items, that's what I think they should do. Is this time next year, the season pass should just be going through and doing a punch-out system on these, where when I get one of those nostalgic engrams, I'm, 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 getting, the, I'm getting these, you know, as a punch-out. That's a drop rate issue. There's too low a drop rate like on the Anarchy. I mean, I would agree with that. It's a drop rate issue. But then that grates against it being a reward. Because if the drop rate's really high, then it's not rare. Then it doesn't matter. Then it's devalued. It's kind of a lose-lose no matter what they do. Resident Recon. Lona, do you think that 20 bucks is a little bit much for one ornament for one character? Uh, you say Bungie is being consumer-friendly with Eververse. But if that were true, Bungie would give us three ornament sets for $20. That would be consumer friendly in my opinion. Thoughts? I mean, this is just logically like this feels like but I don't know what fallacies there. My brain's having a hard time right now. This has got to this might be special pleading. Look, them being consumer friendly doesn't necessitate giving you what you think is a good value transmission. Like that that doesn't that's not what consumer friendly means. Consumer friendly in my mind would be there's no RNG no loot box you're not gonna spend money and get and and get something that you don't want right 
if you spend money in the Eververse, you're gonna get what you want. There's no, there's, there's, there's no, there's no loot. There's no, there's no RNG. Okay. There's no power. There's no advantages. So, I, I don't think you're basically just taking issue with price. And again, the giant misunderstanding in the community about this is price to value is subjective. You could look at somebody spending money on bottled water or a skin in Fortnite or a ghost in Destiny and be like, that seems too expensive for that item. I'm not buying it. And you know what they would say with you? I don't give a frick what you think. I spent 15 bucks on this or 10 bucks on that and I like it. You know what I mean? It it value being assigned to an item is subjective. It's like, I, I, I think it's worth it. You don't think it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? So when you say it's not consumer friendly, you're saying it's only consumer friendly if I think the price points are right. Like what? That that's not consumer friendly. That's resident recon friendly. That's friendly to you. All oh, the price points are better. Yep, now it's consumer friendly. Like consumer friendly is you're not getting you're not spending money and getting something that you don't want. There's no RNG and they're throwing you a bone. They're like, yeah, you can earn some of this stuff. Just play and get some bright dust. You can buy stuff at a pretty regular basis. That's pretty That's pretty consumer-friendly, you know? Consumer-friendly isn't meeting the price point that you think is best. You, wait, so I'm going to so I'm gonna go into the store and be like, well, I think a 12-pack of Cherry Coke should be a buck fifty. This isn't very consumer-friendly because it's not priced the way that I think it should be priced. Like, what? Lightly. Do you miss some of the old iconic Destiny weapon design? I'm talking weapons like Vision of Confluence, similar like Scout Rifles, Hand Cans, Imago Loop, Auto Rifles, Shadow Price. Uh, not really. I, I like as I was saying earlier. I think the Lectern weapons look dope. The Raid, the Garden of Salvation weapons looked dope. The Saint 14 weapons in the Sundial, I think, look just awesome. I think the weapon design team has been killing it five years in, and they've been still cranking out really dope looking guns. So I don't really miss any of the old school stuff. I mean, I loved Vision of Confluence and the Treads Upon Stars, but I don't really need another one at this point. Uh, it's Rondo. Would all this Eververse hate be overturned with an Eververse book? I, yeah, we, this has been outlined numerous times. I outlined this a year ago and then even two years before that whenever people were like, Fortnite, oh my gosh, the season pass was such a smart idea. And I was like, Bungie did it first. Bungie did it first with an SRL book, you know? And I said the same thing. Why not just do a season pass a seasonal Eververse book, you buy the book, Bungie gets guaranteed revenue, you get guaranteed items, all you gotta do is play the game, it's healthy for engagement. I think their version of that idea, I don't think that that, I don't think that idea is original to me. I think a lot of people were putting those ideas on Reddit forums and videos and stuff. I think that inspired this. I think it inspired the season pass. I really do. This is a version of what we were essentially asking for. Uh, Resident Recon. You think Bungie should cut out the middleman silver and just go straight up cash? No, I it I, I don't think that that works. Um, I think a lot of the reason they do the currency is because of the different platforms. It unifies them. So you buy you buy silver on you know Sony or Xbox or Steam. You just buy it and then you're not you're not like doing a transaction. It, I think it simplifies the transactions, to be fair. I think it also disconnects you from the fact that you're spending money, and that's part of the psychology of these micro-spending stores, which somebody could say is is evil or wrong, but I, it's an industry standard at this point. There's bits on Twitch. There's, you know, 
there's dog food in in an app in an app on your mobile. Like this is this is normal, and it's not difficult to read, right? It's not difficult to read. It's super easy. Anybody that tries to say it's misleading or like, you know, in chat, it is wrong and evil. (laughs) I think he's joking. Like, 500 silver is $5. Like, I actually think this is really, really clear. I think a lot of places make it really, really hard to understand. I think Bungie is is better than virtually every micro store I've ever seen. You can quickly come in here and like, oh, that's 10 bucks. That's 5 bucks. That's 4 bucks. That's 2 bucks. That's 6 bucks. It's not difficult. And they and they and they and they even tell you what's going to be silver only, like what's going to be bright dust. Like I don't know. I it it was confusing at a time. I accused it when D two launched. I said this is a stupid store. It was confusing. It didn't seem to motivate purchase. It made it difficult to even understand. Like okay, how much is this? How much is that? How much do I got to spend to get this? How much do I got to spend to get that? Like I I felt like the early iterations of the Eververse store in Destiny two were arguably dumb. They were like poorly designed. I didn't think it was very good. Uh, I didn't think it was very good at all. So, T-Funk. Should Bungie remove Bright Dust and simplify into a single currency? I've had a lot of people ask for this, and I don't think so. I think it actually works. I think the dual currency works. I think it gets complicated. There, there, may, be, there may be legalities about this, about you being able to earn a currency that can be purchased with money. I don't know if there's legalities about that or not. I don't know if there's regulations about that. I have no idea how that works. Because, like, you can earn V-Bucks in Fortnite, so maybe not. I don't know. I just think in their mind it's simpler this way. There's Bright Dust and there's Silver. There's no confusion. There's just, oh, you have Silver or I need Silver. I I bought Silver. Oh, Bright Dust, I earn Bright Dust. I don't know. I like it being separate. I do. I think it's clearer for the consumer. Because here... Here's what people might do, T-Funk. Oh, it seems really predatory, you know? Bungie's Bright Dust Earn Rate set up pretty smartly. So, you know, like once or twice a week, you could buy an item if you buy a little bit more Bright Dust. And that just feels like they're really manipulating the player into spending money, you know? Nobody can say that. Because it's like, no, you earn Bright Dust and save it, and you or you buy silver. They're separate. There is no, I'm going to round out my Bright Dust to buy something. See what I'm saying? I feel like people would criticize the similar criticisms could be lobbied against it if it was all one currency. It'd be like, well, you're clearly choking the earn rate of bright dust, so people get out their wallets to polish off the, you know, the little bit of money they need. You know what I mean? KJ the Knight. Off topic, what are your thoughts on the huge D2 player decline on Stadia? That's not surprising at all. Uh... JD Gamer. Hey, Lono, do you think Bungie should bring back Eververse bounties and have them, instead of giving us XP, just give us more Bright Dust and then regular bounties? I, listen, this might help. Okay. They could say, hey, you know, we looked at the earn rates during, you know, Ava Levante's time in the tower, and we feel that it's reasonable to give you a little bit more of an earn rate on Bright Dust to empower players to buy items a little bit more often than they can when Ava's not in the tower. We're going to have some bounties at the Eververse for you to get so you can get a little bit more Bright Dust. I'm not going to plant a flag in this, but I, I do think they could say, listen, we understand people would like to get everything in the in the Bright Dust, uh, in, in the Eververse store, that just isn't really a, 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 a mathematical probability. There's just too many items that they're adding. You're not going to get every projection, every transmat effect, every shader, every ornament, every ghost, everything. You're just not going to. But they could say, we want you to feel a little bit more empowered to grab generic bounties that can be done anywhere. 
to give you you know to give you more to give you more of the currency you know the article it's like everyone on reddit collaborated to complain about a new website on a new website together yeah it's it wasn't even well written side quest i feel like we no longer have the one weapon that just wrecks everything uh like the galahorn thousand voices used to give me that feeling but then it got nerfed into the ground actually 1k voices is still really strong same with sleeper true sleeper got hurt do you think bungie needs to be uh open the floodgates a bit with more rare heavy weapons worst thing that could happen uh is that we complete raids and nightfalls a little bit quicker I think the weapon systems in actually a really great spot. You can use linear, the new linear fusion. You can use 1K voices. You can use a rocket. Well, not rockets. T- sorry, I was I was getting ahead of myself. Rockets need help, but you can use grenade launchers. Swords in the right instances are, are actually really strong with the right uh, modifiers. So, I would say the weapon system right now is in a good spot. Sleeper needs help. Rockets need help. But by and large, I don't think we need to introduce power creep. Um, we don't need to introduce power creep where like all of a sudden you're creating all these rare, crazy, really strong things. It starts nullifying the content. Um, I like right now, I feel like I can change my loadout a lot, right? I run Sundial, I run a Nightfall, I run a Strike, I run whatever. The only time I have to get like really specific in my build was when I was doing like Nightmare Hunts and I was going for the Time Trials. That's the only time I really feel like I've really got to get a specific build going because of the unique pain points in a Nightmare Hunt and the Time Trials and the, the Champions and whatever. Friendly Fire was 17 months, thank you. My go-to power weapon? I actually have been switch switching around quite a bit. I like my Love and Death. I have a Love and Death uh, grenade launcher. I love it. Um, I also like the Wendigo and Tractor Cannon. I like my sword with Surrounded and Surrounded Spec. I have a version of the Line in the Sand Linear Fusion with Rabbit Hit and um and Firing Line that I really like to use as well. Uh, you know, I actually bounce around quite a bit. What I don't typically use as a heavy weapon, I don't use rockets and I don't use machine guns. Um, so... In the right instances, I think swords are fine. I do think swords could... could, could probably afford to just get moved to the energy slot we've talked about that before uh swords could have their ammo toned down and their damage toned down and they would make sense like a shotgun replacer like a gut buster you know it doesn't need to be a power weapon i don't think anymore um i just i don't know i feel like i'm running lots of different weapons the the problems with the weapon system right now is weapons that are too weak that they don't get any showing in pve and then the champion modifiers are the champion modifiers are just really really kind of not where they need to be they need to land as a any primary can use them and then use modifiers on the activities to get me to switch my primary so i can run anti-barrier or overload or unstoppable in any primary including exotic primaries and then week to week you could have activities that have the champions just use modifiers to make me change my loadout one week maybe sidearms and bows are really strong and then the next week it's auto rifles and scouts like you know doesn't that make sense like i would then be in a position to say oh i am you know i am using these weapons because there's an incentive with the modifiers not i gotta use scouts and 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 bows all season you know because that's the way they do that's the way they do the artifact mods it's like you kind of freaking run the dadgum thing all season it just isn't i don't know i don't think it's enjoyable to be that locked in for the whole season so if you have enjoyed this segment it's been spicy it's been fiery 
I get passionate. I know people on YouTube are going to rip me up for all this. They think I'm arrogant and mean. It's just part of the show. Also, people come in and say ignorant things and insult me, and I think they deserve to be eviscerated. I, I've never really understood the the internet sentimentality that, like, you're allowed to insult me, but if I clap back, I'm the bad guy. That's such a childish and stupid way of thinking. So if you think that way... You should know that you're stupid. Uh, but it's been a great conversation. Most people were being respectful. Most people were being kind. Tons of people were disagreeing with me. It's what we do here. We don't ban people for disagreeing. If you've enjoyed uh, this conversation, the back and forth, it's like an interactive podcast. It is child, uh, child-friendly. child It's family-friendly. <laughs> it's family-friendly, interactive podcast. You can put it on, listen to it, work and lurk, grind and play games. Uh, if you like that, you can click the follow button and turn on notifications. That does help me out. I am not shutting the stream down. I am going to keep continue streaming i'm sure we'll continue discussing this for those of you that are listening to this elsewhere itunes google play spotify or youtube i appreciate that very very much as always please like share and subscribe